Yeah, we oftentimes we acquiesce that power, especially around things that we find difficult. Um, we give it to somebody else to be responsible for without really stepping back and saying, now what? Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone. Sometimes I'm dining with friends. And sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Dr. Ian Brooks is the CEO and founder of Rhodes Smith Consulting, a personal and professional development firm specializing in behavioral transformations. He's also the author of Intention, Building Capabilities to Transform Your Story. For over 24 years, Dr. Brooks' career has taken him from working in a clinical ward to organizations and people. With the goal of helping individuals build skills toward achieving new heights, his clients include Netflix, Shondaland, Bank of America, Guitar Center, Nike Inc., Sony, and Warner Brothers. His passion for working with individuals seeking expansion and leaders within organizations to develop key skills toward navigating their organizations and working with their teams to build on the mastery of intentions and consistency of capabilities. All right, welcome back to Diversity Dish. I'm so glad you decided to join us again because my guest today is Ian Brooks, and that is Dr. Ian Brooks to you, right? Ian, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, so really wonderful to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. And we have, I think we're going to have a good conversation today, mm -hmm. but before we get into that, the crux or the meat and potatoes, as I like to say, since we are on Diversity Dish, yes, I want to know from you, what are you most passionate about right now? I think about this every morning and it's something that I, you know, would really anchor myself on. And that is, you know, how am I contributing back to society? I'm passionate about number one, giving not something away, although thought leadership could be defined as, as, as something, giving something away for free, but really the contributions that we make as humans and as we make as individuals to those around us, to our societies, it's something that I'm really starting to explore a lot more of. And I think it fits into the narrative of one, what I write about, but secondly, some of the trends of people re-anchoring themselves on their authenticity and doing what they're passionate about. And so one of the, the things that I'm, I wake up every morning thinking about is how am I living towards that priority and that passion of giving back and being seen and being heard in ways that I may have restricted myself, be it consciously or unconsciously and helping others along that journey. And so that's something that I'm truly passionate about, passionate about now. I love it. Well, then you and I are two peas in a pod, I think, because <laughs> I am all about it. 
I know that you have written a book, which is called Intention. And so we're definitely going to be talking about intention because that is something that I am also very passionate Mm about. But from what you just said, you talked about authenticity, Mm -hmm. passion, being seen, being heard, and all of those things are wrapped up into exactly what it is that I do and that, you know, I too am passionate about. So I love it. So how do you feed that which you are passionate about right now? Right. Well, I think that I feed it in a couple of ways. The first being, number one, making say is making sure I'm true to it. Right. So just because it, it doesn't necessarily need to take the same shape and form every single day, or it's not something that takes up my entire 24 hours, but it is something that I'm conscious about knowing that if that's my passion, if that's really what I'm focused on and, and pursuing and doing and living, now I need to be able to consciously make choices in that respect. Yeah. The second piece to that is to say more tactically speaking, and for me, that's just getting out there and having that voice heard is participating in something such as this, such as a podcast, something that I normally would not be doing uh, historically or based on my own fears and judgments, based on my previous career as a clinician where you're taught not to, not to say anything and you're taught to listen all the time, which is definitely needed in that profession. Yeah. Um, and even growing up that way, right? Hey, you're not talking to you. <laughs> right, right. Too, so <laughs> hey, get fit right in, believe me. And now progressing some 40 some odd years later, it's a function of how to, you know, taking that liberty and saying, okay, what am I really talking about? And how am I contributing to society in that respect and sharing what I know and my experiences to help others? Also in that respect, how well am I listening mm-hmm. each day? Mm-hmm. How well am I educating myself on others and hearing what they have to say? Not because I need to, but because I want to. Mm-hmm. Want is about a choice. I need, mm-hmm. I need air to breathe. So that's, <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no choices there. <laughs> right. right. And we sometimes we confuse and combine our wants and our needs. Yep. But truly, when I'm, I'm passionate about contributing to society, it also means that I'm learning and I'm, I'm paying attention and I'm conscious mm-hmm. in ways that maybe I didn't allow myself or maybe didn't put as much emphasis on previously. Mm-hmm. And so between one, making sure my priorities are still in that priority and making sure that how am I integrating that in my day? Mm-hmm. Secondly, finding opportunities just to be able to share it to the extent possible in different forms, be it thought leadership here or writing or otherwise. Mm-hmm. But third, also making sure that I'm doing enough listening and making yeah. sure I'm paying attention to what's around me and what's being said and potentially what's not being said. Yeah. It's so interesting. You just talked about listening as well, because I think I just wrote a, I, I wrote a post somewhere. Okay. <laughs> One of my channels or something. Right. <laughs> just, I, I, I write so many things and do so many things in just so many places. And I'm just not sure, but I wrote about how part of communication is a big part of communication is listening and not just hearing, but Mm -hmm. actually listening to what someone is saying, whether they are verbalizing it or whether you can see it within their body, their, Mm -hmm. their body language is speaking to you. And when you're actually listening with your whole self, you get so much more information than Mm -hmm. when you're how you doing? I'm doing great. Okay. We're on our way. Right. 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 So much more than that, you know, and it's about being present, right. It's about being present for that person or that thing that you're doing Mm -hmm. or 
whatever whatever's happening it's about being present there and 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 actually experiencing that whole moment right absolutely and and it's listening as and i love the way that you even phrased it too going the listening of others um, but also applying it to yourself and listening to your, your, your feeling and emotions. I often, you know, when I'm talking to my clients and when I'm coaching them, one of the things that I, that I ask them to do is to pause, process, and reflect and to really be able to think and listen, think about what they did that week, but as important, listening to what they heard, but also to listening to what they felt. And, and to your very statement, you have to be present in that moment to acknowledge it because when we're actually asked to do something different, we're now asking ourselves to think about things in, in a very conscious way, because I, I think uh, th- there's a stat out there that says, you know, we make between 2000 and 10,000 decisions each day and 95% of those decisions are unconscious. Right. <laughs> and so it's, if we put that in context of what we do every day and trying to be conscious of something that brings us to a whole new level of experience of learning, of growth, of contribution. Mm-hmm. We're not then responding to what we want to say, right? We're responding yep. in a way that's, oh, I heard you say this, or, ooh, I just felt this right now when you said that, said and that's what resonated. Mm-hmm. And so that extends how we communicate with others and how we feel received. Yeah. And that, I think, is a huge part of authenticity when we're talking about authenticity it's a huge part of simply being Mm -hmm. listening being it present in that moment and being what are we saying intentional intentional yes intentional intention is something that i've come to so in 2017 i was was diagnosed with with breast cancer Mm -hmm. and from that point in time I think I've been incredibly more intentional with the things that I do, the things that bother me, the way that I just do life, the people that I hang out with, all of the things have become so much more intentional because Mm -hmm. so many things before that, that seemed so important now seem so trivial. And it's like, no, that's not as important as what's this what's yeah. happening right now. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that experience where I, I, I was listening to some of your previous podcast recordings. So I, you know, was aware of that and I'm glad to hear about the progress and uh, recovery and everything else. But I think that what's important about that, it reshapes how you think and how you experience life. Yeah. And sometimes it's a, a traumatic experience, such as you described others, it's COVID-19 others. It's I'm taking a proactive choice. What is consistent across that entire thread of however we got there, be it self-induced or induced by others or other things, we have a choice on what we do. And that's really what that intention is on how we spend our time and where do we Mm -hmm. put our priority and where do we put our energy? Because Mm -hmm. last time I checked, no one comes back. (laughs) We're not... (laughs) We're not coming as back. As far as we know. Yeah, as far as we know. Now, <laughs> I might feel like I have a kindred soul. I might feel like I've met somebody. <laughs> exactly. You might have um, lots of deja vu. Absolutely. And, and, and I don't, and, and it's not that I don't agree or uh, believe in that, but what I do know is that no one has said, okay, I was once this and I came back. Right. So we have to use the best time we can now. And, and I have yet to meet anybody who wants to waste their time. Right. <laughs> um, now right. they might want to waste your time. 
<laughs> but they, <laughs> but that's intentional too. But they're not. They don't want to waste theirs individually. Right. And I think as we're living with that in, intention, it's also as you described as well. And when you have that purpose, you're now living to your authenticity. Yeah. We're now living with, what do I feel? What do I think? And that's a very personalized journey. Mm-hmm. And that. While it's personal, I also want to acknowledge that it also impacts others around you, right? In our environment and how we're interacting otherwise. So right. it's not to say that we do this by ourselves, but mm-hmm. it is an individual journey. Mm-hmm. And so my book is, is around that journey, around that intention. And, and one mm-hmm. of the very first parts of the, of the book, the very first is around discovery is what is your purpose? What mm-hmm. is it that you really want to achieve? What is your passion? And we have a lot. And Mm -hmm. what caused you to have that passion? Let's uncover that. And is it fear that we're not coming back? Is it fear because I have cancer and I've seen the possibility of passing? Mm -hmm. Have I lost a job? Have I now to say, God, we've gotten COVID-19 and now it's been thrust upon me. Mm -hmm. What is it? And now let's pull that back because once I get to that point, I can now say I have a choice around how I'm going to live that purpose. Mm -hmm. I have a choice around how I can live that intention. Mm-hmm. And to the extent I don't, there's only one person who's accountable for that. And that's me. Mm-hmm. So how can we move forward in that respect? And so I appreciate you sharing that story, but it really lends us and gets us closer to that authenticity, our intention, and being the people and the person that we want to be. Yeah. I love that because one of the things that I like to coach people on is that mm-hmm. finding, not just finding your purpose, but finding your purpose and your passion and putting Mm -hmm. those together and actually realizing that using your purpose and your passion together, you can affect social change Mm -hmm. where you are. Mm -hmm. And because my contention is that most people think that the system is huge. Mm -hmm. Corporations are huge. Industries are huge. Mm -hmm. But what we fail to understand is that we individually make up those mm-hmm. organizations, make up those mm-hmm. industries, make up mm-hmm. those, you know, corporations, right? Right. And so if we were to take what we have and to say, you know what, I want to use it in the area. I want to make a difference. I want to mm-hmm. use it in the area of social justice. Mm-hmm. We could, because really it's woven into everything. And there's not right. one place that you will look that you will not find that, uh, that has n- not been impacted by you know racism or social mm-hmm. injustice or anything and yeah. so when you talk about that i said to myself yeah absolutely mm-hmm. we are we have a power that we discount yes uh, we we sit back and we go oh but my job you know my mm-hmm. company does this my industry does this mm-hmm. feeling like there's nothing we can do about it and right. there's is Right. Yeah. There is. yeah. Yeah. We oftentimes we acquiesce that power, especially around things that we find difficult. Um, we give it to somebody else to be responsible for without really stepping back and saying, now, what power can I harness? And, and I want to separate that acquiescing of power in the context of I need help, a la a coach similar to you or I versus mm-hmm. I expect somebody else to do this <laughs> for me. Right. And so when we really put it in this context, and I like the way that you, you phrase it, even as we think about organizations, oftentimes we think about organizations as these boxes of which now we're being controlled by. 
And we've now hit a stride in a trend where we're no longer, let's say we as, as, as people are no longer accepting mm-hmm. of the boxes of which we're now prescribed from our previous job titles, from the acceptance of the values that are no, no more valuable than the paper than they're written on because we're not <laughs> living to them. Right. Or the rhetoric around our voices, our, our, our employees, excuse me, our greatest asset, when in fact, right. um, we're quickly, quickly pushed aside wherever the stock market changes. Yeah. And, and I think as we think about, or as we think about this idea of power and, and having that voice, it's really empowering ourselves to say, what am I willing to do? What am I willing to share? What am I willing to take hold and realizing that social change is like trying to turn around a cruise ship, not a speedboat. (laughs) It takes time. It takes effort and it takes a lot of effort. And it just takes one person to have an impact, positive impact on someone else. And they're feeling it. They're experiencing it. It's just not something written on a sheet of paper Mm -hmm. and it's built in the fabric of who I am. And when you can start to weave that blanket together, that pattern together, you start to figure out and create something beautiful. And mm-hmm. so I think we're in the process of doing that. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I think that we might be more uh, optimistic than most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, 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 it's funny. It's, um, I'm optimistic because that's where we start to get our motivation from, right? Around right. the possibility. Do I believe that it's going to actually happen? I don't know. Because I think the challenge that we're facing, and I think organizations are a good, good place, but you can apply it just about anybody. And that is, you know, our world is, is often fraught with acknowledgement of our pasts and how do we balance it, right? <laughs> right? Yep. Between races and organizations and how we, heck, how we even define patriotism in, in mm-hmm. America. As we've gone down this road of increased transparency you know, you know, we defined our past decisions that were successful and that have made us where we are. And now we're having to reconcile that past that maybe weren't as solid or better yet, you know, in the context of today would definitely not go forward and not be acceptable. Mm-hmm. We're now looking and expecting people to do something different. Mm-hmm. We're now expecting to experience life in a way that is defined by the rules that we are creating as we go versus the rules that have made people successful in the foundations of which they've been built. Mm-hmm. And so we get upset when we don't see those changes as quickly as we want. Right. right. Um, and I think that's, I think that's where people are, are less optimistic. Um, right. It's the reason why you have as many whistleblowers that you're going to start to, uh, to see. Right. And, and people coming out with all these different investigations that we see across sports, there's going to be that proliferation of you're not moving fast enough. You're not moving at the, the speedboat. You're still a cruise ship. <laughs> and that does not mean we take yeah. people off the hook mm-hmm. for the, and being accountable to, to help move this forward. Mm-hmm. But understand the game of which we are playing is, has changed. And that takes time and it takes choice. It takes mm-hmm. intention for mm-hmm. someone to feel like they want to do something different before they actually start to do it. And then that's going to take time. Right. Yeah. It's a long game. Yeah. This, 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 is, this is a long game. Yeah, it's um, a long game. I don't expect it to, I, I expect to see incremental changes in my lifetime, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that there will be even more changes in my children's lifetime and Absolutely. so on and so forth. So it's basically, you know, kind of 
continuing to build on the foundation that those who came before us built for mm-hmm. us to mm-hmm. be able to do what we're doing now, to be right. able to say what we're saying now and to be able to, to have the privileges that we have now mm-hmm. um, because of the work that they did back then. And so it's just right. kind of brick by brick, layer by layer, you know, you kind of build it up and, mm-hmm. and it, there's always going to be pushback. There's, you're always yes. going to run into walls. There are always going to be things that are, that are not changing as fast as you wish that they would change, mm-hmm. but you have to understand it is a long game. Hey, thanks for listening. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and I help entrepreneurs and small businesses go from mediocre to magnificent by transforming their cultures to be more equitable and inclusive. To find out how we can work together, go to diversitydish.com, where you'll find my consulting, coaching, and speaker information. Diversitydish.com. I look forward to working with you. Absolutely. And I think there's going to be some uh, new skills to be developed, right? Yes. I think in our, in our world, of, and, and in particular, one that comes to mind for me, and I was talking to someone about this recently, um, with someone I was coaching you know, from a leadership standpoint, is that we have to have a diversity of thought without, without the diversity of opinion, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So we're asking people for their thought. Uh, we're asking people to say, yes, I want you to be authentic. And then when they are, they are you're like, oh, no, no, no. That, that, that doesn't work. <laughs> like, no, you can't say that. No. Right, right, right. Yeah, that word. Or, or you can't have that opinion because it doesn't agree with mine, right? Right. It, you know, so now it's a, a court of public opinion at that mm-hmm. point. And so now how do we grapple with that, right? Mm-hmm. How, do we, how, do we, how do we strike that balance to make yeah. sure that we acknowledge the diversity of thought while also acknowledging that can be an opinion. And so which one do you weigh, right? Because right. thought is different than an opinion, right? Here's what I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I think we should be changing a heck of a lot faster than we are. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, or the thought might be, you need to do this. Now, okay, well, okay, well, okay, well let's, let's, where, how do we strike this balance? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm asking my leadership to do this. And, my, and this guy I'm coaching is, is grappling with that. Like, I, I want their opinion. I want them engaged. I want them to be able to speak up. And, and? I think <laughs> like, again, we're changing a cruise ship here. It's yes. one thread at a time and we're not moving as fast, but we just didn't get here today. And so it's, it's, right. it's now I want you to be able to say it, but also, okay, we need to rein certain things in, but it's also going to make people hide in certain mm-hmm. respects, right? They're not going to be like, oh, well, they don't listen to me before. So mm-hmm. why am I going to say anything? Mm-hmm. Or if I say this, I'm going to get ostracized because I shouldn't have right. that opinion. Right. And so how do you, how do you balance that? And I think that's something, and I'm just using a leader example as that just recently came up, mm-hmm. but I think we're all balancing that as we think about social media and we're thinking about what we post as we were just talking offline mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. earlier. It's like, what do I post? Am I offending someone? Or you may not even realize that what you wrote today may have offend somebody six months from now. Like, hold on. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't even intentionally do that. Right. Like, what happened? Right. Right. Um, so it's something that we, we just have to think about um, mm-hmm. as, as I think about that exploration of who we are individually, who we are as a society, and how do we contribute to be our authentic selves without feeling as though we're hiding as well. Right. Tell us about your book. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's an easy, that's an easy question. Um, <laughs> break it, break it down. Well, intention really is intended to provide clarity and steps that transforms one own personal story. And I write, wrote the book really to reinforce and build capabilities based off of research, my own personal experience individually and my personal experience coaching. It's written in a story-based fashion, so people can easily read and flip through the book and kind of get through different parts of it. But the part, but in particular, the book has five parts, um, mm-hmm. one based on discovery, um, as we talked a little bit earlier, just around understanding what your true passion and purpose is. The second is around, part is around the principle of you. So having that passion and purpose means nothing if we don't put it into the contest, context or the acknowledgement of who am I? What am I willing to do? What characters am I bringing to the table? And really begins to ask people those clarifying questions to uncover and discover, not in a judgment way, but in a way that says, okay, in order for me to do my passion, I need to know who I am and where I'm starting from and what choices am I willing to make to get it? The third piece then leads itself to building a plan. The fourth is around creating an experiment or experimenting, doing it incrementally uh, Mm -hmm. so we can build it into the fabric of our lives and weave this into who we are. It also means letting certain things go as well. And then finally, the attunement piece, being able to step back and just offer some level of reflection at however shape that may take for us. For my audience and for the readers, I typically said just pause, process, reflect, go to a quiet place and just think <laughs> right God forbid right. you do that oh my um, goodness <laughs> and so this it's really a book that when I originally wrote it for my clients as a quick reference guide when I wasn't there really turned into what I have here and it's a book that's intended to be experienced it can be quickly flipped through but it's one to really set aside time to say how do I now want to live to my purpose and to my passion and putting mm-hmm. it into the context of who am I really reinforces our ability to create consistent habits and build capabilities for any situation, just not a particular milestone or event. And mm-hmm. that's, and at that point, that's when we start to begin to transform. Right. And, you know, in listening to, in, to that, it mm-hmm. sounds to me like it is something that we would go through over and over and over again, because yes. we're always evolving. We're always becoming right yes. as our forever first lady says yes you know, becoming in her book and I think about that a lot you know in in that we're constantly becoming mm-hmm. it's not a destination it's like success it's not a destination it's the journey it's, it could be something as simple as you know getting married I remember mm-hmm. when I was getting married and I thought to myself well I want to enjoy every step of this because I know mm-hmm. that it is all in the process it's right. not just about the day. It's not just right. about that event. It's like Christmas. It's not right. just about that day or that event. It's enjoying everything that surrounds it, everything that, that leads up to it and savoring right. everything that, that happens so that the culmination is just as great as the journey. But if you miss the journey, the mm-hmm. culmination is not as fruitful or as juicy or as happy or as intense right. as you thought it would be because you miss the whole journey. And so it's kind of the same thing with our lives. If we're taking this journey and we're constantly becoming, 
we're not going to, we're not becoming to get to a place where we're like, okay, now I have learned everything mm-hmm. that I need to learn. <laughs> I am the person that I am, you know, it's not right. that, right. It's, it's a constant, like, okay, this happened. What does this mean for me? And which mm-hmm. choice am I making right now? Right. Depending on what is happening or what, where I want to go or mm-hmm. all those different things. And so yeah. I feel like your book is one that would need to be reviewed. Yes. On a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is. Um, it's one that can be read the first time and then it's offered as a, and used as a reminder afterwards as what do I need to be thinking about and what should I be considering and what, have I typically glossed over? And to your very acknowledgement, it's one of the reasons why I intentionally put the word capabilities in the title All Right, is because our capabilities are transferable to many situations. Our capabilities adjust with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we sharpen them. Sometimes they get dull. Uh, sometimes we let them go. Sometimes we need new ones. Our capabilities are therefore and to help us achieve certain milestones or events. And as you described your wedding, that was a huge event, but there are so many capabilities of planning and communication and managing nerves and coordination, collaboration. Oh yeah, by the way, selfishness in certain ways. Hey, this is my day. Like, I don't know. (laughs) When I got to the day, I was like, if it's not done, it's not done. It's all good. That's right. We're going to get what we got because guess what? I'm already getting married. So it it does not matter. But those capabilities are transferable to just about any situation. And our events change, our lives change with or without our consent. But the reality is if we have the capabilities, we're now prepared to address it and know where we're starting from. And so as you know, to put a pin in this, this book is to be experienced and can be offered and used as a reminder as you move through the journey of life. Well, I'm going to link it in the show notes. So people okay. will not say that they didn't know where to find it. So, <laughs> <Right>. that, <laughs> so that, you know, so they can pick it up for themselves and, 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 you know, kind of run with it, so to speak. Sure. So, Tell us a little bit about you, Ian. You are also a, I'm making a huge assumption, but you are a black man. Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) And so tell us a little bit about your experience, like in terms of, you know, on your journey, what are some of the things that you've experienced on your journey that have really shaped you or brought you to where you are, where you are now? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a, a lot of things that have really shaped who I am. And as we just described and talked about, the, the journey is, is never ending. And there's been a lot of different points throughout my life that have shaped the individual who I am today. And I know a lot more than going to shape me even further in my life. There, I think there are three things that really, or four things that have shaped certain aspects of my life and certain milestones. I think one of the first was as a, as a kid, you know, it's fearful of judgment. I was uh, fearful of speaking up. Heck, I was even described as shy, but probably it was probably more out of fear of <laughs> not getting in trouble of saying something more All so right. than being shy. And that, you know, growing up in a, in a, in a black household, obviously 
you know, it's like, hey, you talk and you're we're speaking when you're spoken to, there's there's certain rules. And obviously, as you're coming out into a, I'm going to air quote, a white world that maybe not understand, understands how we talk and how we interact, that there isn't an allowance mm-hmm. or any slippage if there's any misunderstanding, because mm-hmm. there's so much consequence to that. So as such, one of the things that, you know, as I made the decision as a 13-year-old to be a psychologist. Oh, wow. Um, and to get my doctorate, actually, mm-hmm. uh, both of which I, you know, in title and, and degree did, um, that shaped my perspective because it was easier just to be hidden in the background. It was easier just to not say anything and just be able to listen right. to other people and just be able to pay attention. That experience also shaped even where I went to college and the different places um, I went to college. Number one, I went to Morehouse. So mm-hmm. for those who may not be familiar, obviously a historically black college, uh, all male. Um, um, and while historically black, and you would assume that 100% of the students are black and 100% of the staff are black, that was not true. No, <laughs> I know it was diverse, <laughs> diverse in there. Now it's probably 80% black, but more so than, than more so than probably people realize. Mm-hmm. But that experience shaped me on what you know a diverse and diverse thought and reality looked like outside of growing up in a predominantly and categorically white area mm-hmm. and really shaped, oh, how am I being seen? How am I being treated? And now from one environment versus another. Mm-hmm. And so that really shaped my perspective and, the, and not only the diversity of race, but the diversity of thought, mm-hmm. diversity of perspective um, and inclusion. So I think those are two major milestones early in my life that really shaped who I who I've become. I think from a career standpoint, it's really shaped, I've been really shaped through my clinical experience, having worked in a 24-hour lockdown ward, working with adults, Mm. and even working with adolescents, and really being able to see who people truly are. It authored a foundation for me to now going from a a group that was just trying to be normal to a group of now of whom I coach who are trying to expand beyond their current boxes that they've been placed in or others have placed them in. Right. It's given me a perspective of really understanding the importance of our back, background. It's a, the reason why um, in this book, I focus so much early on in the first two parts around discovery and the principle of you, mm-hmm. because I know the importance of how that influences so much of who we are and what we do. And because of that experience as a clinician and then going into organizations, understanding how, what people really want. Understanding that mm-hmm. people, all people want to be better. I don't care who you are. It just mm-hmm. may not be at work. It just, mm-hmm. it might be in someplace else. Right. Um, you know, in some places in life. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's okay. But the reality is everybody wants to be better, but everyone's definition and where their starting point of better is different. Mm-hmm. That experience as a clinician really shaped me as an individual as well. And one of the more recent things that has shaped me here later in my life has been writing this book, actually. Mm-hmm. While I just touched on it, but I do want to call out that when I originally wrote this, it was just me just trying to help my clients out, you know, and things I found that they were really just tripping over early right. on. Yeah. And, and I turned into an audio book. So I started writing, writing it for an audio book. And um, when I heard myself, uh, I was like, Oh, no, 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 I can't, uh, I can't send this out to anybody because that, that same judgment, that same voice, that same kid going back right. to the other, that, that, that milestone that I had as a kid, right. That, that, that shaped me of like, Oh, you don't speak like, unless you're asked to, or ready yet, don't share your thoughts. 
I could right. hear that in the audiobook when I was actually when I was actually talking. I could right. not only hear it in my voice, I can even even hear it through the words that were written on the page and that mm. I wasn't my authentic self. And in that moment, I I and I talk about it in the book uh, because I was like, one, I'm not sending this out to anybody. Um, cause <laughs> I'm not going to do that no. to myself or to them. Uh, but, but the, but the decision I had to make was if I'm actually going to write this book and if I really want to help my clients and others, I have to open myself up in ways and being comfortable, being vulnerable. Yes. Being comfortable, acknowledging my authenticity and who yeah. I am and not being fearful of any of that judgment. Yeah. And so once I made that decision, I opened myself up to becoming the author this book needed me to be. Not only am I the author, but I'm also the client through the experience firsthand right. and being able to talk about that. And as such, that has been a huge milestone and a huge component of the story that I continue to create and write for myself mm -hmm. through my own transformation and through my own intentions. And I think that speaks directly also to you know, from a diversity of thought through a diverse person, so an African-American male, mm -hmm. um, and even a male just even writing about something like this, and um, mm -hmm. which you, you see a lot more women writing books on self-help and otherwise, but really being open around the struggles and the challenges and, hey, we can get through this. So mm -hmm. those that's been kind of my, my story and journey in that respect and making sure that uh, I'm living to that authentic self. And as we talked about, our passion evolves and that also means so does our authenticity. Yeah. And we have the right to make a decision today, but we also know we have a right to make a change tomorrow. That's right. We have we can change our minds. Yeah. <laughs> we are not statues. We are not trees. We can no. move. <laughs> that, that's 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 it. And 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 it and it and it also you know I'm sure from your experience as well when I'm coaching, you know my clients, both leaders and individuals, it it, it now brings a certain level of experience and not only from an education side, right? Having my mm -hmm. clinical master's and a PhD and working with organizations, it's now a function of I'm living this. And I right. can tell you some of the roadblocks and let's, but I can tell you my story, but let's put it into the context of yours mm -hmm. and let's help you manage your journey mm -hmm. in a way that one, builds a capability. So I'm not here forever. And then secondly, builds that thought process to move forward. Right. So how did you switch from being in the background to now being in the forefront? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, yeah, I, okay. I haven't gotten there yet. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it's, 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 um, it's interesting. It's been a journey to say the least. When I started my business of Road Smith Consulting, um, mm. there's a reason I chose Road Smith. Uh, one, I didn't want my name out there. I wanted to kind of hide. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, so there was a certain level of fear going yeah, back. Yeah, I was wondering piece. about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it also had certain it had, it had special meaning to me as well. So I, while I was mm -hmm. hidden, you know, now it won't be hidden. Um, but the name Road Smith came, you know, is also a reflection of two things. Um, pays uh, number one homage to my family. So the uh, matriarch's grandparents on one side, the last name was Rhodes. Matriarch on the other side was Smith. Okay. So I want to make sure you know the from the history of of what they and their peers and forefathers did for my parents, grandparents, et cetera, and me to be here today. Mm -hmm. And that always was going to be a personal and, and, and connection. Mm -hmm. The second thing around Roadsmith, and I'll, you know, I'll delve into getting out front here in a moment, is Roadsmith is we all have our own roads. 
mm-hmm. of our own journeys of transformation, whatever that might be. And that road is individual, mm-hmm. but we can bring people along that journey with us. But when we're transforming, it's our choice. It's our development. And so I wanted to at least acknowledge our own road, but in that road, it takes a lot of work when we're doing something different. It takes a lot of emotional toll, mental, mm-hmm. physical. It takes work. No mm-hmm. different than a blacksmith forging mm-hmm. new metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. It takes a lot of heat yeah. to do so and then forge it. Then it cools slightly and then we ramp it back up. So I wanted to pay, acknowledge the journey that we all go through, through our mm-hmm. roads and our snow. So with that said, how did I get a long way now back to... <laughs> um, how did I get now to being out front? And as I mentioned, still challenged with that. This book has really amped and provided me a platform to say, Ian, you now need to be out in front. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I probably would not be as much mm-hmm. as I clearly am now. Mm-hmm. With that said, knowing that it was the right thing to do, but I probably could not do this on my own. In fact, I would not be able to do this on my own, mm-hmm. is that I got a team to help me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> right. I said, okay, I know what should be done. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to say, here's all the things that need to be done. But I need you to push me and remind me to do this. Right. Um, I need your help to be out in social media and do the posts and, and do podcasts and mm-hmm. even put this book out there and have my picture out there. Go to these book readings. Go to these conferences. Go and speak in front of people. Mm-hmm. Be reminded of that every single week, every single day. And they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's one of what I pay them for. It's, it's yeah. not always comfortable. It's not, and it's not intended to be, but I know it's the right thing. And, and that right. discomfort allows me and tells me it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So being out front, I don't think I'm there. Uh, but compared to where I was just six months ago, right. it's almost night and day. Right. But it's still a journey and a process. One that tactically I'm getting in doing, being out front and getting more comfortable with. But I'm also still managing the emotional side and some of the angst that comes along with that mm-hmm. <laughs> um, along that journey. Right. And so I actually too am, you know, using my using my own intention, right? Using right. my own book and seeking instances every single day or every week to find how can I get out and speak more and do more and, and be present and live to my passion of being present because it's not typically something I would normally do. Something I think that people don't often realize how much, how, first of all, discomfort, you know, a lot of people run from discomfort, especially mm-hmm. when you start talking about equity and inclusion and they're just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, that just makes me so uncomfortable. I'm, I'm going to yeah. run away from it. But they don't realize how much discomfort means growth, right? Absolutely. That you're growing through the mm-hmm. discomfort mm-hmm. and I also don't think people realize how much vulnerability it does take to mm-hmm. do some of the things that we do. So mm-hmm. for me in my work, in order to be effective, I have to be willing to talk about how different things affect me personally, mm-hmm. right? Because I am an individual. I cannot speak mm-hmm. for everyone. I can mm-hmm. speak for certain situations, but I can't Mm -hmm. speak for everyone who looks like me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I need to be able to be vulnerable enough to say, look, this is how it affected me. And if that bothers you, if that makes you uncomfortable, that means that there's growth that needs to happen with you. And so Mm -hmm. now we're having this 
this interchange mm-hmm. where my vulnerability is not in vain and right. your neither is your discomfort, right? Right. Because even if even if you feel uncomfortable, trust that the person who is having to bring forth the information also feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. So if both people can feel uncomfortable and stand in that discomfort and grow through that discomfort, that's mm-hmm. where the real change happens and that's yeah. where the growth happens. Yeah. And you know, that's where that's where we want to be, where mm-hmm. we're able to get through that and come through it closer so that now when the next thing comes, because there will always be a next thing that's yes. going to make you feel a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. and a little bit vulnerable, mm-hmm. but we can now navigate it better, mm-hmm. right? We're just working towards getting to a place where we can navigate things easier rather than- Absolutely people running to their corners and say no 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 <laughs> right and like this is it and 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 you're right yeah. it's um and i think it's you know obviously the context of our entire conversation and that is just being conscious and open right and the moment we turn ourselves off to the possibilities to the vulnerability that we're going to experience or create for others mm-hmm. then we've lost an opportunity to grow yeah we've lost an opportunity individually to expand ourselves and acknowledge who we are. We've also lost an opportunity as a society to take a next step. And so going back to the statement of, you know, me being more positive than say some others around, you know, the growth and, and, and diversity, et cetera, this is where the pesticism, you know, and, and the, and the, and the kind of stepping back and saying, Oh, I don't like, yeah, I don't think it's going to work because in order for people to really take that next step, we have to be able to look ourselves in the mirror mm-hmm. and say, and be honest. Right. And oftentimes when we're honest, we're actually looking back at things and judging ourselves in our histories <laughs> in finality, as in we're defined by that truth. And right. I often tell my clients, use that place in the past as a place of reference, be it success or failure. Use that as a place of reference, not of resident. Mm-hmm. We can now move forward in that respect, and right. but we have to be open. And if you're not open, then quite frankly, you're probably not, not likely going to evolve and grow. But if you do, it's going to be for an event mm-hmm. and not over time right. and sustained. Right. Not genuinely sustained. Absolutely. Yeah. You are absolutely right. So I appreciate everything that you've shared today. It's been I mean, I think we've, we've, we've really covered a lot of ground and the time has flown. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> time has flown. So is there anything that we haven't touched on that you kind of wanted to bring out in this conversation? Yeah, I, you know, I think as, as we, as for the audience, as we think about diversity, you know, as we define it uh, solely based, or most people look at it from, gender and race and now ideas we're looking for quick turns and i think i want to reinforce the idea that as we think about diversity we have to make sure that one we maintain openness um, because we're now undoing quite a bit of the fabric of our society of our country and even of ourselves that have been built around survival Mm -hmm. and that survival when you start to unwind it, we'll always start to fight back 
<laughs> because it's so used to saying, no, you're hitting at the core of who I am mm -hmm. or the core of who we are. Mm -hmm. And if we're seeing this on our day-to-day -day basis now with January 6th committee and, and, you know, obviously the polarization in our country now. So in that respect, as we think about diversity, let's be, remember to keep in mind that we're all trying to get better, that the openness that we carry is going to be very uncomfortable because we're actually asking ourselves and the people around us to change. Yep. Give some leniency in that and be patient enough with them and yourself in that because you didn't get here today. And guess what? We're not going to arrive there tomorrow either. That's so right. give yourself some leniency in that respect yeah. and realize that, you know what? The more consistent behaviors we can actually exercise and the more you start operating with some level of intent and consciousness mm -hmm. around what's passionate, but also as we think about diversity and those around us, we'll find that we'll look up and uh, be at a better place than tomorrow than we are today. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian, before I, I let you go, mm -hmm. uh, I do have to ask you my signature question. The final uh -huh. question that I ask everyone, because you are on diversity dish. We've been yeah. dishing a lot about uh, intention and authenticity and passion mm -hmm. and all those things. But I just want to know what is your favorite dish? My favorite dish is my mom's mac and cheese. Um, it has about four different cheeses in it. It's got cream of mushroom in it. It's got shells and it carries about 4,000 calories. <laughs> it wouldn't be mac and, it wouldn't be good mac and cheese if it didn't have a lot of you calories. Got, okay? You got that right. And it's got it, yeah, you got that right. Because if it doesn't carry that, yeah, it's it's not worth it but no it is absolutely extremely good and so if that would be if that would be my last meal that would be it or at least a part of that last meal because it's uh, extremely good and um can't have it all the time <laughs> <laughs> you still have to watch those arteries <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's right you know my significant other may not she may not, <laughs> she may enjoy the food but she may not enjoy me right. that much weight but uh, no, it's, uh, but hey, that's diversity too. She'll learn to love me. That's, um. right. that's right. That's right. I love it. I love it. And you know that when it's for mom, it's made with lots of love. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, that is, that is my favorite, favorite meal. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Ian, for being here with me on Diversity Dish. I have really enjoyed our conversation. No, thank you for having me. Truly enjoyed our conversation as well and look forward to chatting with you more. Hey, did you enjoy that episode? If so, please leave a review. It would mean the world, but only if it's a good one and you really did enjoy it. In which case, it would be awesome if you help support my work over at patreon.com backslash Cedrola Maruska. And finally, before you go, don't forget, diversitydish.com. I'd love to work with you. See you soon.